Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... This is Pastor Chet Haney. I am the host of the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast and pastor of Highland Terrace Baptist Church here in Greenville, Texas. We look forward each week to sending out encouragement to our listeners through the teaching of our pulpit ministry here at the church and also through the testimony of dear friends who come into our studio to tell us a little bit about their stories. We're in for a Special treat today is Mickey Pearson has come back to join us again. Good to have you, Mickey. Good to be here. Mickey's a uh, a dear friend of our church, and I've been a staunch supporter of the ministry here, a faithful Sunday school teacher for many years. His wife, Carol, is also an extra special person, and they have a, um, a unique privilege. I, I have always felt that one of the most beautiful expressions— as a metaphor of the love of God has to be the whole scenario of a family who chooses to adopt a child and take them into their home and make that little baby or that young child, if they might be a little bit older, become their own son or daughter by adoption. Um, uh, you know, I have three biological children and I, and I don't know that I could love them anymore but I think even more so the adoptive parent has a chance to display what the love of God is like because you chose to love that child and you picked that child and you went to a lot of expense and a lot of trouble and a lot of um, intentionality uh, to make this adoption happen it cost you something it's it's not easy uh, to do a, an adoption these days. In fact, it's gotten insanely expensive. Uh, I think it's just uh, a shame. I, I had a student pastor at my former church who had one adoptive child. They would love to have adopted another one, but they just didn't have $30,000 lying around uh, to be able to do it. And um, therefore, uh, to my knowledge, they've, they've not been able to since which to me is a sin, uh, that adoption has become so difficult and abortion has become so easy in our culture. But that's another subject for another day. Right now, Mickey, I just want to thank you for coming back and and for your willingness to open up and share with our listeners a little bit about adoption from the perspective of a family who's been there. I know it's a, a sacred thing, and we'd love to hear you uh, tell us about how the Lord opened that door for you and your family. Okay. Well, uh, again, we were, Carol and I were living in, in Macon, Georgia at the time that we made these decisions. And, uh, uh, we wanted children and we had not been able to have one on our own. And we had friends who found that probably the magic thing was to adopt a child and then you'd have one or two. So, (laughs) 
Uh, right. But uh, I don't. That wasn't our whole uh, reason for doing it. But we just felt like it was time that we had children. And uh, uh, I had mentioned to Chet that uh, at that time, uh, some probably can maybe the state of Georgia was a uh, was a little behind on things. But I will have to say that uh, after doing the adoption process there, and not just once but twice. And then having friends who've done it elsewhere, I would say they were light years ahead on the way they handled adoptions. And uh, they didn't uh, try to to uh, persuade you to take anything. They wanted their, their whole goal was to give you as much information about the child as they could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And then it was your decision. Well, uh, our, our daughter happened to be the first one. And uh, when I laid my eyes on her, I, I uh, said... Uh, Hey, I, there's no decision other than one. <laughs> Bless your uh, heart. I was uh, at the time I was working for McKesson Robbins, and uh, yeah. my uh, the guy that was division manager there was an older fella. His name was Alton Davis, and I, I think if I ever knew a true Southern gentleman, it was Alton Davis. But he took one look at Elizabeth, and he told my wife, he said, uh, "I believe Mickey knew where to go get her." But. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, She's been a blessing, but then we decided we needed another one, and uh, the second one uh, was a son, and his name is Brad, and uh, uh, we've just—it's—it's uh, it's just been uh, such a such a blessing, and uh, like raising any other kids, uh, biological yeah. or otherwise, there's some disappointments along the way, right? But uh, I do think, and Chet touched on it, I think particularly for Christians, uh, if you really want to understand, you know, we're all adopted children. Right. And uh, uh, if you really want to understand what God is doing for you, just consider that uh, when we made the decision to adopt children, part of the laws in the state of Georgia was that you could not disown that child. That was against the law. Really? Uh, And uh, you can disown your biological children if you want to, Mm -hmm. but you could not disown an adopted child. Isn't well, that something? Uh, I'm convinced that God's not going to disown us. Amen. Many times we don't act like we're one of his children, and uh, that's not his fault. Uh, but he is willing to forgive us. So by law, are you required to stick with him no matter what? No matter what. If if, uh, if your estate comes to, comes to trial there, they're going to get whatever they are due. Uh, you can't... Uh, you can't but uh and you know i never thought about that never still don't give it a, a thought except from time to time when i when i'm thinking about adoption in relation to other things you know maybe but uh i wouldn't even uh, i don't have any desire to do any of that kind of thing but uh uh it's uh i would just say uh if if you're uh if you're considering it yeah uh Please do it, but do it in the same way that you entered marriage. You know, Chet, marriage is a commitment, uh, and uh, we're it's a lifetime commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's the same if you decide to adopt a child; it's a lifetime commitment, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to uh, need to be prepared for whatever comes along, Amen. for better or worse. Amen. And uh, I think you'll find that your life is blessed a lot by it. Amen. In recent days, Mickey, you've shared with me that you're uh, 
your son, Brad, particularly, mm-hmm. had a curiosity and an interest to find out a little bit more about his biological parents. Um, was that hurtful to you uh, to find out of his interest? Uh, no, it, I don't think it was hurtful. Uh, I think uh, 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 Carol was hurt in a kind of a special way. She wasn't uh, fearful of losing Brad, I don't think. Right. And the reason Brad did it was because uh, Brad was having children of his own. Mm-hmm. And what he really wanted was more information about his uh, his health and, and uh, what what uh, genealogy and so forth that made up uh, what he might expect to pass on to a child. And uh, he just needed that knowledge, and that's what started him on his path. Uh, he did uh, meet his biological mother, and uh, and in fact, she has been out here, and she's been in our house. Uh, and uh, I, uh, uh, that was an experience for both of us, I think, uh, Carol and I. But uh, one that uh, you know we could uh, we could accept. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't think Brad loves us any less than he did. You know, we uh, we provided Brad with a lot of things, and he's shown a lot of appreciation for it. So uh, as 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 Elizabeth has also, but uh, uh, so. Um he was primarily interested in the uh, hereditary right. issues, and um, then how gracious of you right. to be accommodating to that, and also to go above and beyond and welcome his, um, his biological mother into the home. One thing I'll say about this, and I don't know about the laws in other states, but in Georgia, the only person that can open the file of an adoption is the child. Uh-huh. Neither the biological parent nor the adoptive parent yeah. can go ask and get information about the others. Uh, but but the child can, and uh, so it has to be uh, initiated by the child if, it, yeah. if anything's going to. You might be interested. Now, I may have told you about this or may have blurted it out in a sermon sometime. When I was a young pastor in uh, Big Spring, Andrea Ray was a cute little old cheerleader from Cahoma who was in our church, in our youth group. And I think she was a junior or senior at the time. Her father was Dois Ray. They were riding along in a car together. Andrea um, was in the back seat with one of her little cheerleader friends. And you know how teenagers can be unfiltered sometimes. <laughs> and uh, Andrea's... Uh, uh, friend asked her in the presence of Dois and his wife, do you ever, uh, do you ever wonder about your, your real parents? And, uh, do you ever think about your real parents? And, uh, Andrea said, well, yeah, I do. There he is right there. That's my real daddy right there. And there's my real mama. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I just appreciate that so much when they shared it with me because uh, yeah. it meant a lot to me because it meant a lot to them. Sure, you know, it does. That that's that's what yeah. Andrea yeah. believed, and it's really true, isn't it? It is true. It is true. And uh, uh, in the case of Brad, again, he he did contact his birth father. Yeah. And his birth father happened to be from a fairly well-to-do family in the mm-hmm. Atlanta area, uh-huh. and, uh, and his first 
thought was that Brad was contacting him. Wanting money. Wanting money. Yeah. Brad let him know right quick that he had mm-hmm. plenty of money. He didn't need <laughs> his money, and he didn't need him for anything. Uh, except to give him a little information about about his wow. uh, his health and his That's uh, tough. Uh, so uh, and that they their relationship yeah. didn't go anywhere. Well, you mentioned something, Mickey, that I want to ask you to elaborate on for our listeners today. That our relationship with God is one of adopted love. Um, as a matter of fact, it's a harsh thing to say, but it's in the Scripture. Until we get saved, until we accept Jesus. The Bible says we are of our father, the devil. Isn't that something? We think that we're all God's children, but it's really not true spiritually. Because uh, the devil, who is the father of lies, is the father of the fallen race of mankind. Until, by adoption, we accept the forgiveness and life and love of Jesus. Uh, we become adopted children of of God, our Heavenly Father. Our names are written just as surely as they are in an earthly will and an earthly estate, as you mentioned a moment ago, the legalities that go along with all that upon someone's death, which I dealt with with my dad's death this last year. Our names are written in a much more binding book, and that is the Lamb's Book of Life, adopted as his children. I wonder if you could just share with, uh, maybe there's a listener out there today as we close this broadcast, and I just thank you so much for these four times you've been with us, Mickey. Could you just share a word of encouragement to anybody who might be wondering about how they too could become a child of God? Well, God is open to receive anybody. and In fact, he wants to receive anybody, and I think the Scripture tells us that he would love for everybody to come to him. Right. But it's not forced on you. Right. And uh, uh, and it's a very easy process. Uh, you just accept Jesus as your Savior mm-hmm. and, uh, and ask that he reciprocate. It's there. Mm-hmm. But the only one that can make the decision to put you in that book is you. Right. And you have to make just – you don't have to pay any money. You don't have to – Right have certain clothes on you don't have to do anything uh uh i uh accept accept and ask and you're there and uh i would just encourage you if you haven't done that in your lifetime that and you don't have to wait till sunday morning till you come to church you can can do it at any time you can get on your knees right now yeah i was just uh, and ask god to about Coming how you life. can't contain the presence of God in a certain time or place. Right. Wherever you may be right now, he's with you now. And I just want to pray with you. And thank you, Mickey, for sharing that simple uh, explanation. If there's anybody listening to Mickey's words right now and you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior, would you just bow your head? Might want to pull the car over or wherever you may be and just bow your head for a moment. And let's just talk to God about it and say something like this to God. Dear Father, thank you so much for speaking to my heart today. And thank you for the touch of your mighty hand. Because, Lord, I feel your love now. And I do want to be one of your children. I would like to be adopted into your family. 
And I thank you for your forgiveness. I receive it now in Jesus' name. Uh, forgive me, Lord, for my sins. Come into my heart right now and make me the person that you want me to be. By your grace and for your glory, let me live my life for you. And I look forward to spending eternity with you in heaven so I can know you better and love you more here on this earth and in heaven, the presence of unspeakable glory. I love you, Jesus. Come into my life today, I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's what it's all about. It is. His Mighty Hand radio broadcast, your Sunday school class, Mickey, our church, our sister churches all over this community and all over this nation. We exist for that purpose, to give glory and honor to God, our Heavenly Father, through Christ, because He has adopted us as His children. Thank you for listening today. We do pray you've been touched by His mighty hand. And now here's the host of His mighty hand, Pastor Chet Haney. Understanding often comes later in retrospect looking back. When you take the experiences of your life, whether they are joys or sorrows, whether they are great moments of victorious high praise to God, or whether you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, and you cannot comprehend it or understand it in the moment. Here's what the Bible says happened to the disciples, and I'm confident it will happen to you as well. They didn't understand it at first, but later they did. Do you know what the disciples did later? They spent many days in the Word of God and in prayer. In prayer and the ministry of the Word. And they meditated on and reflected on and remembered their life experiences in the context of the words which Jesus spoke. Can I just ask you, have you ever been through something in your life that was so mysterious and so painful or so powerful that you just couldn't comprehend in the moment what in the world God was up to? Anybody been there? You know what? It's okay. You don't have to comprehend it all in the moment. Just hang on to the king. Keep your eyes on that king who's riding on a colt or perhaps on a white horse. And one of these days you'll recognize through reflection and through the word of God and through prayer that the same Jesus who is king of kings and lord of lords, he's got you under control as well. He knows what's going on in your life. And by the way, he knows your phone number. He knows all your details. He's all up in your stuff. And you may not be able to comprehend one bit of it right now. But we'll understand it better by and by. And the reason we will is because of the context of what Jesus spoke We'll think about his words and we'll interpret our life experiences according to the revelation of his word. And we'll remember his great name. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to take a moment, if you allow me, to describe to you the significance and the implications 
of the name of Jesus. And then we're going to have something very special today to underscore what I'm trying to say and to nail it to the wall artistically. You know, the name of Jesus is such a powerful thing, partially because there is nothing in the Scripture about a God who can be take it or leave it. Uh, There is no God like that in the Bible, a take him or leave him God. As a matter of fact, God's name is so significant in the Bible that the truth is uh, he allows for your thoughtful consideration of his essence, that is what he's like, or his existence, whether there even is a God or not. You can consider those things rationally in your mind, and you can work them out and try to figure them out and try to understand them as best you can. But I want to tell you something. Your best expression rationally of the reality of God is but a small fraction of the totality of who he is. And he exists quite well independently of our ability, our finite ability to understand him. The totality of all that God is does not depend on rational formulation. But I will tell you this, your very life depends on his revelation. And the name of God is a life or death matter. It is brokenness or healing. It is faith or unbelief. And God, what I'm trying to say is, does not do neutral. There's no such thing as a God who waits for us uh, to decide whether he might possibly become of interest to us at some time in our lives. No. He is a God of revelation, a God of self-disclosure, a God of direct... Um, uh, well, let me say it this way. Direct revelation would actually be fatal. Because even our righteousness is like filthy rags before God. And so God has to allow us to know him through his name. God has a name. Thank goodness he does. Because through the name of God, indirectly at first, we're able to come to know him, which leads us to a relationship with him through a mediator between God and man, Jesus, who just as with the names of God, stands both immediate, that is proximate, and also beyond our grasp, that is, he is beyond our finding out, even though he is very near because of his name. God's name removes all speculation about God and replaces it with concrete self-disclosure. To call upon Yahweh was to call upon his name. The holiness of Yahweh was the holiness of his name. Yahweh is praised in that his name is praised. If he is present in his temple with his people, it is because his name is enthroned among his people. If he gives help, he does so through the power of his name. In essence, he is a terrifying and unapproachable God. But in his name and in his countenance and in his son, the mediator, God makes himself known to his people. In the praises of this crowd gathered 
by the stories all over town about Lazarus. On this day, there was an unmistakable awareness of the rumors about Jesus that became visibly clear for just this moment of jubilation that the essential power and unity of God was revealed in His name which ruled the day. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And yet we know that these same voices would soon shout, Crucify! Crucify! It reminds us that the God who condescends and stoops, if you will, to reveal himself to mortal man, gives us his name and gives us his son in the context of our limitations. That is, intellectually, the reason we can't comprehend who he is is because our confusion is based in our sinful, rebellious nature. Therefore, his revelation is also concealment. Because of the perversion of our fallen and sinful default basis of existence, by default, we go to the darkness rather than the light. And so the light appears, and because we love the darkness rather than the light, that is, until by faith... We come to him and we cling to his mercy. And the word made flesh takes all of our concepts about God and transforms them into truth. And our sin and our forgiveness is exchanged for salvation in his name. Now I want you to bow for a moment in prayer. and Our team is coming to expound and develop artistically and beautifully for you this morning with Reagan Andrews as our soloist, the power of the name of God. And I just want to ask you right now to pray this, Lord, show me your glory. When Moses prayed that, he had to turn around backwards and and hide in the cleft of the rock so that the glory of God could pass by. That's because God could not reveal himself directly. But indirectly, God answered Moses' prayer. That is the name of God. The name of God provides us protection as well as inspiration. We can know God because we know his name. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you're accomplishing nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. Praise God. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we want to be part of that today. We want to be a part of it when the whole world follows after you. Because we do, Lord. We find strength in your name and power, joy and forgiveness. We find healing and hope and all of it in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what your name reveals to us. 
how it makes an inaccessible God become proximate and near. And through Jesus, our Savior, by his great name and in his name, we can stand confident before your throne of grace because you have made us holy in your sight. By the blood of your Son and in the power of your name. Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless this moment now of response. Let it be full of gratitude, I pray. Let it be full of amazement and wonder that we could even have a place to stand in a sanctuary like this where the Spirit of the Lord is high and lifted up and the train of His glory fills the temple and and we're, we're tempted to say, Woe is me! And yet because of your name, because of your Son, we have a place and we have forgiveness. Bless those, Lord, who come to you by faith today to say, Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Bless those, Lord, who come to a a moment of belief and who come to receive Jesus today. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 